Welcome to episode 16 of the Dharmapolis podcast. Smita, we have to pull up our success. You can't see me right now, dear listeners, but I hang my head in shame. We hang our heads in shame. By the time we by the time we got around to cleaning and posting our last podcast, things had done such a 360 that our spins were heading. Yeah, now is not the time to relax, unfortunately. But I think that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Is there? Change is good, Baba. This shake-up was a long time coming, even if it's taken shape in a strange avatar. Change doesn't happen when everyone is comfortable. It's true. The incidences of uh, people walking up to me and saying things filled with love and tolerance has shot up. I haven't experienced that in my six years living in Seattle. That's just your natural charm. <laughs> it doesn't happen to me on the East Coast. But maybe that's because I look deplorable. Anyway. Tell us more. Uh, no, I mean, people have always been nice and the city is a bit of a liberal bubble. Uh, but since November, I've had random people come up to me and talk of things like, what can we do in the world to spread tolerance and love and kindness? It's bizarre, but it, it also kind of makes me hopeful. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, it has not happened to me. Let me repeat that once more. Yeah, we're hipsters here, so... Well, anyway, the coming together of these various forces, I think, has also happened because there's a perceived threat of freedom being eroded. Not just our own, but of collective ideals of what it takes to be a society. Hmm. It's difficult to move away from what's happening currently and concentrate on Ambedkar. But the more I read him, the more I see parallels to current goings-on in the world. You mean his uh, acerbic tear down of the eugenics argument of the class system? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had to read that a few times for it to make sense to me. But basically, he systematically proved that the eugenics argument of caste is just bunkum. Yeah, you know, as they say, lies, damn lies, and statistics. Maybe it's lies, damn lies, and science, right? Another case of a scientific argument for something that is exactly the opposite of a science. And we've seen scientific arguments, seemingly scientific arguments anyway, back a lot of nonsensical claims. Hmm. I'm thinking, well, let's see. What about Jalikattu? Oh God, I thought we had escaped that one. Aise kaise? Jab tak rahega. Okay. Well, please tell, how are you reminded of the Jalikattu controversy? I must say, I'm glad we have at least one Tamil between the two of us, else we'd been accused, you know, we'd be accused of being North Indians who have no business commenting on a Tamil issue. Boss, you have no idea. There are people who think Karnanadi is in Tamilian. He's from Andhra. I mean, of course, MGR wasn't Tamilian. And as for Brahmins, we can never be Tamilians. But I'll try to play one on TV or on SoundCloud. Anyway, I mean, this nativist argument that Jalikattu helps preserve native breeds of cattle, uh, since it helps farmers identify the biggest and strongest bulls who are then used for breeding, I don't buy it at all. Oof, yes, I'm cringing right now. You know, we know that these native breeds have been declining for entirely different reasons. I mean, why use Jersey cows for milk? You know, because they have higher yields. And they aren't being bred by Jadikattu. It's a purely capitalistic decision. Same thing, tractors and chemical fertilizers on farms. We use them because they increase yields in the short term and they reduce labor costs. I don't think any amount of Jalikattu will bring back that older style of farming. You know, industrialization of agriculture, we have to resist it in a completely different way. 
Yeah, and, and this fascination with native breeds, you know, I, I often wonder if the cows and bulls identify themselves as native breeds and, you know, outsider breeds or is it's only a human casteist and race itself and we're projecting on the cows. <laughs> I Maybe I should call my, like, what kind of native breed will I be? Hmm, I, I, gotta, I gotta think about that. <laughs> we're all mutts. I mean, that's a given. But, yeah, you know, na ghar ke na ghat ke. Yeah. I like that though. I, I like not being native, non-native. Anyway, more seriously, you know, do you think the preservation of native breeds ensures good treatment of the animals themselves? I don't think so. I mean, milk will still be taken from calves. Most male cows will be consigned to slaughter at birth. And even that high-status bull that was, you know, showcased during Jalikattu will be mistreated after it stops performing. You know, the preservation of the breed is not necessarily going to help the individual bull. Yeah, correct. And, you know, Ambedkar, coming back to him, says, caste is often seen as an object of maintaining purity of race or blood. But the caste system came about much after all the races had interbred for long before. You know, so to suddenly say that these distinctions of caste mean differences in race or blood is completely nonsensical. And in any case, what is this race and blood stuff, right? I mean, I've never been a fan of creating biological categories mm-hmm. and there's no need to do so. I mean, the affinity is social, right? Not biological. I mean, say, Brahmins around the country feel an affinity with each other for social reasons. And as do these other castes. I mean, the different castes in a region are maybe more likely to be racially alike than the same castes across regions. But so what? Yeah, it really makes no sense. But you're right, sometimes... Uh, in my travel across India's towns and villages, I've been asked my caste. I mean, I would always try and avoid the question, but it was almost always asked by self-declared higher castes looking to establish a relationship or kinship. And you know, even if you take that eugenics argument at face value, which we shouldn't, but let's say you do. As Ambedkar says, in the caste system, you just ensure you marry within the same caste, not who you marry within that caste. It kind of doesn't add up in the eugenics uh, department. Yeah, and also, it's not just about marriage and procreation and perpetuation of the race or caste or whatever. It it bleeds into other aspects of life, caste does. He used, uh, you know, the taboo against interdining of castes between castes as an example. Yeah, as Ambedkar says, caste has no scientific origin and those that who are attempting to give it a eugenic basis are trying to support by science what is grossly unscientific. Yeah, and, and he concludes... Um, in his words, to argue that the caste system was eugenic in its conception is to attribute to the forefathers of present-day Hindus a knowledge of heredity which even the most modern scientists do not possess yet. You could say that compared to when he wrote, we have more understanding, but still, I mean, if anything, that has led to less interest in eugenics. You know, we know it led to the Holocaust, lest we forget. But there's one thing that uh, Ambedkar credits the caste system with. And what's that? He credits it with completely demoralizing and derailing Hindus. If we had dramatic music, now would be the time for it. And I would not be singing it. (laughs) Yes, uh, that caste consciousness though, it's still alive and kicking. Of course, as we discussed the last time, in the name of culture, we remember you know, stories that entrench caste. Oral tradition or written, the memory of past caste-based feuds and struggles, mythological or otherwise, continue to stay put. You know, I don't understand why you are so anti-Indian culture. I a non-native boss, 
नॉन नेटिव कल्चर के नाम पे वी परपेचुएट क्वाइट अ बिट ऑफ रेडिकुलस स्टफ यू नो एट द सेम टाइम दो आई टू से आई एम अनकंफर्टेबल विद अंबेडकर सिविलाइजिंग द सेवेजेस आर्गुमेंट यू नो देयर इज एन एग्जांपल दैट अंबेडकर मेक्स ऑफ द अबोरिजिनल और इंडिजिनस पीपल इन इंडिया एंड व्हाई हिंदूस कैन नॉट डू व्हाट द क्रिश्चियन मिशनरीज कैन हम इन द सिविलाइजिंग मिशन नाउ आई रीड दैट विद सम डिस्कंफर्ट टू I mean I understand where he's coming from he's had a western education so he believes in civilizing the savages but he would not have stood the scrutiny of present day liberals or you and I here I think and he perhaps would not have had that view today anyway right uh, but the larger points he makes remains true I mean he believes that Hindus would not be able to civilize the adivasis because that would mean adopting them as their own which is impossible because caste is so focused on self preservation it's based on inequality how can adivasi be the same as i the caste hindu says i mean i do say again i don't buy ambedkar's argument for if civilizing the savage is the goal of adoption then is that any better i mean especially in a liberal market society that has been convincingly shown to be an earth destroying beast i think you're back to that gandhi ambedkar vivad again yeah you know well long long after the christian missionaries had got to the adivasi populations we did have a revival of hindu gangs trying to do a ghar wapsi for them vanwasi kalyan parishad ya kendra ka naam to suna hi hoga bilkul and they don't just focus on those uh, adivasis who have converted to christianity they even want the ones who are animistic in tradition to be part of the hindu fold so they too have their own idea of civilizing the savage You know uh, there are these PUCL reports that you must look at on huh? the state machinery is completely a part of this cultural revival as they call it it's frightening mm. I think it comes from insecurity you know and perhaps indigenous populations will remain smart enough to know that it's better to be different than being brought into the hindu fold and then being told you're inferior to the rest of the hindus Ambedkar resorts to some dramatics here if these savages Ambedkar's language not mine again remain savages then they may not do any harm to the hindus but if they are reclaimed by non hindus and converted to their faiths they will swell the ranks of the enemies of the hindus if this happens the hindu will have to thank himself for the and his caste system you know so interesting because you can see how the liberal view which is also trying to incorporate the savage into a modern system is clashing with a conservative view which is trying to incorporate them into a slightly different system and both of them are you could say not really concerned about the uh, adivasi right you know i mean do you think that the sangh parivar uh, read annihilation of caste and had a change of heart hi i don't think so but it could be very easy to cherry pick this bit for sure i think that i i think that actually ambedkar is very much in the line of sight of the of the sanghis i think that they want mm-hmm. to incorporate him as much as possible uh and and you you'll see this you know one of the most common refrains amongst hindus today right is that our preservation is difficult because unlike christians or muslims we do not proselytize ambedkar has a theory behind that right i mean as you mentioned earlier that he says that the fact that hinduism today is not a missionary religion is true but he argues that it must have been at some point how else did it spread across india um, and even other parts of southeast asia if it weren't missionary hmm he argues that it probably ceased to be a missionary religion the moment caste was introduced 
Interesting. The same self-preservation argument, you think? I mean, where do you place the newly converted? Which part of the social system do you place them in? I don't know. Non-native? I don't know. There must be some... Ghar vapasi to you can understand but when ghar banana i don't i, I have yeah kaun sa kamra dena unko do they get the big room do they get the yeah yeah, yeah it's a, it's a i mean I, i think this is a longer conversation because you know now that we have better data on how these ideas spread uh, we can probably address how people came into the so called uh, hindu fold right uh-huh. uh, but uh, but it's what is true for sure today is that to be a member of a caste you have to be born in it it's not something you can convert into so maybe if we get rid of the caste system hinduism will also be a missionary religion and people can convert into it as they will perhaps though i have to say missionizing is something that bothers me too right i mean and and just as islam and christianity have had a violent history and troubled present uh, hinduism isn't too different i mean they claim to be peaceful but that's hardly been the case maybe that's the maybe the problem is religion no i mean which which religion is peaceful at the end of it buddhism was supposed to be but there are enough sects within and we do read of terrible bloody conflicts within and as a non practicing hindu i think i'm very comfortable with banning all religions i mean and and i have to say that if you look at what's happening to say to the rohingya in burma or actually what happened to the tamils in sri lanka um, we know that at least modern political buddhism is not a very benign religion no. and and um though i do think that banning all religions and and i speak here as a hindu uh is a little too extreme like banning jalikattu oh back to jalikattu yes i'm sure you and i are not pro jalikattu but does that mean we ban it no so and i've thought long and hard about this uh I am definitely not pro Jalikattu. There are many arguments against it, but banning it is perhaps not the answer. That almost never works. It's true, and you know, this does bring us issues of what does the state do vis-a-vis a cultural tradition, right? Uh, we need a public debate about that. Uh, cultural traditions don't change just because a court says so. Sadly, as we know about caste, and. Uh, and so what's the role of state in culture you know what is the legitimacy of the court and and i do have to say that at a time when uh, the government can make cash illegal at the stroke of a pen i worry that uh, whether it is a supreme court doing things that we want or the government doing things that we don't we're giving too many powers to the state you know mm-hmm. uh, and so do we want such a state whether yeah. so you know court or not and and that's the difficult question to agree with something yet be able to critique um and we'll continue our efforts to do just that here at Dharmapolis but until next time see you next time yes be non native wherever you are <laughs>